0: It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hyper growth, technology, and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. (laughs) Today we have uh, the amazing Tim Olari with us. He is the Director of Leadership Residency at Adventist Health and someone who is really into culture and creating meaningful work. Welcome, Tim.
1: Oh my goodness, Josh. I am... uh... I am a little bit uh, starstruck, if you would, uh, fanboying out a little bit, but I'll try to keep it together. Uh, Keep it together, Tim.
0: Yeah. yeah. Keep it together. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I I know we have a lot of uh, viewpoints, uh, similar beliefs and philosophies around the power of work and how it can be meaningful. You actually also have Um, a side hustle called uh, Mr. Meaningful Work, or you are Mr. Meaningful Work, and do a little bit of that yourself. So we'll get into that in just a second. But let's start with what um, uh, a little bit about what you do at Aventus Health, and then tell me a little bit, and then then we'll move into kind of how you got to this place of um, believing in the power of culture, believing in the power of work. 100%. 100%.
1: So what I'm doing right now, I have the awesome privilege of leading uh, the leadership residency and internship program in Adventist Health, and it's part of the overall pipeline strategy. Um, One of the things, the mantras that I uh, share is that my goal is to make it ridiculously easy to fill executive slots um, within our healthcare system without having to go to external recruiting are doing a lot of these things that you can easily say, we need a CFO here. We need an operations exec here. And we have a pool of folks that have been through our culture. They understand our values. They've been through different parts of the business and it's just literally picking and choosing. So that's like my overall goal. And so um, to support that, we have a two-year residency program where College grads or postgrads come in, spend some time with us, rotating through different parts of the business um, and then transition into full time roles where they'll get broader scope um, and responsibility. So that's what I'm doing now. I actually had the privilege of being a leadership resident myself. Oh, um, no, and so it's full circle was yeah. in the program. Now yeah. I get to lead the program. We're about four cohorts in um, and it's just really, really exciting to see.
0: That's some, that's some, speaking of meaningful work, that's wonderful. I love that. I wish more organizations had that uh, forethought and investment in that. But uh, that's an organization that's been around for a long time. So um, I, that, that kind of makes sense to me. So how did you get to this place of believing in culture, believing in the power of work? Well, I know for me,
1: so my my background is, and my, I think my genetic makeup is entrepreneurship. (laughs) Curse, it's a curse. (laughs) The blessing, the curse of entrepreneurship, and as an entrepreneur, it's really about branding, right? If you're trying to get customers, if you're trying to get clients, if you're trying to sell into business, you have to be able to build a reputation um, and build confidence um, in your competence or whatever that field is, and so, Um, I've always kind of approached life and work in that way. And when I'm aligning myself with an organization, I am seeing that culture is a big part of branding, right? If you're trying to win hearts and minds of patients, if you're trying to win hearts and minds of doctors and providers and nurses or employees, whoever it is, your culture, in addition to your results and your outcomes and your finances and all that stuff, your culture is really your brand, um, and so the work that you do and how you do your work, the things that you say, the actions that you take around your work, um, is is a big, big, big part of that. So that that's kind of how I've I've transitioned from kind of that entrepreneur my entrepreneurship mindset to adding meaning and substance and that mentality to um, a nine to five uh, nine to
0: five job. Um, and you do you have a team I didn't ask this beforehand do you have a team yeah. that you're that you're in charge of or you work with how many folks are on your yeah. team
1: yeah so we have two so all the leadership residents report to me so they're spread out throughout our system uh-huh. um but I I lead them directly um, and then when we have the interns that come for the summer uh, they all report to me as well so um between an assistant and the and the residency crew and the interns—it um, could be uh, that's—it could be
0: quite a scope, but it's it's good times. Um, it occurs to me, given that description of the structure of that, that you're almost the 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 kind of conduit for the culture of the Adventist. I mean, whether you want it or not, because if you are, if these folks are spending two years they're rotating around they're they're experiencing a lot of the organization, but you're essentially the the constant here. So what? how that can't have escaped escaped your notice. So what is what is your intentions when you're thinking about I want to make sure these folks, imbue, um in behind the the culture so that when we release them out to the world after 2 years uh release them out to the 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 system they're going to carry that forward what are what are some of the like particulars that you're trying to um instill in them so to your point Josh and I appreciate you that you brought
1: it up because I was actually having a conversation about it probably a couple weeks ago where it really settled and I actually had to articulate it, um that I understand the weight or the, the level of responsibility that I hold. And this is not, you know, trying to be, you know, super glamorous or whatnot, but when we're talking about the future leadership of this system and the, the, the pipeline in the channel, like there, there's a big responsibility that comes with it. And I see that, you know, as evidenced by when cuts are happening, right? When, you know. Constrictions are happening. Budget is crazy. Healthcare tech. Everybody is feeling it, right? There's layoffs happening. Um, there has been many rounds of layoffs that I have survived, and the program has survived because the leaders have been intentional and said, "We can cut other things. This cannot be cut." Right? When we're thinking about our future, when we're thinking about our pipeline, this is a must-have to make sure we can get to the future that we're gonna get to. Right now we have um, two, maybe three tracks. We have operations, we have finance, we have um, a new consumer um, digital division. And I have been bombarded, happily bombarded with requests for other divisions to say, hey, we need a pipeline program like this for our division. IT, supply chain, marketing, like folks are saying we need this type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I understand the weight and the need for something like this, um, as far as what I do intentionally to make sure that folks you know are aligned with that. My number one thing when we're interviewing folks, right? We're interviewing college, um, undergrad, and postgrad folks are kind of early careerists, and so sometimes they don't have a lot of working experience, right? They haven't been in industry for a long time. But what we look for are specific leadership or executive competencies that align with our values? And how can you articulate that you demonstrate mission alignment, right? Our branding at Adventist Health is very, very missional, right? Mission drives um, our finances, mission drives what markets we go into, mission drives our quality. And we wanna know that the people that are coming in can articulate how well they align their mission, like whatever their personal mission is, do they know what that is Um well, to yeah. whatever the mission of the organization is. Um, and so that's something that we really, really drive home. Um, and we're looking for, um, and that we've seen to be successful for those that are that are growing with us in the company.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot. What's what's this mission that you're talking about? What is so our mission? Used? Yeah,
1: nine words, living God's love, by inspiring health, wholeness, and hope—eight words. Living God's love. <laughs> you, you did by even better.
0: Inspiring health, wholeness,
1: and hope. It is nine.
0: Oh, it's nine. All right. The <laughs> and. <you> forgot the <laughs> and. Wow. Okay. And so everything ties back to that. I feel. I find that um, in in the work that that we do at Great Mondays, the these are. Tools, right? So they're like organizing principles. So you're talking about a mission. I would call that a purpose, right? Why you go to work, uh, Mm -hmm. why you're doing what you're doing, right? Why do you spend your limited hours of your life doing this? Yes. And that becomes, you know, an organizing principle that you can point back to as you just did and say, Mm -hmm. this is what's driving us. So now, complete the equation for me. So I'm going to come in as a new grad, a post-grad or whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, maybe I don't even know what my mission is. Mm -hmm. I'm not a good fit. Or maybe I'm like, well, I really care about X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to start espousing. I'm not like, I'm not going to say, you know, look, uh, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I may not be religious, but you're going to find some leaders. Right. So you've got God right in there. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, how do you assess alignment? Right? They don't have to be exactly aligned. Mm -hmm. So how how are you making that decision? Like, how do you do that? Because I think that's a big question that a lot of leaders, a lot of recruiters, internal recruiters, are looking for. And there's a lot of pressure, and they just and they're not really sure how they do that. So how do you assess what is what is what's a good fit? What's not a good fit?
1: That's a very uh solid question. And I can tell you're a pro at this cuz you you coming with the questions, man. You coming with the questions, bro. Um but one there's a, there's a number of different ways. I think the one that I have personally settled on um Wonderful. that I personally found success with is um aligning with strengths, right? Let's start with what you're good at. Let's okay. start with what comes naturally to you. We'll come, let's start with what gives you energy. Let's start with that how well can you articulate demonstration of this, right? Um, and can you match that strength to the stated mission of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. So if my strength is woo, right? This is just taken from Clifton and Strength Finders and yeah. you know, winning win,
0: others. Over. Win others over, right? Winning so that's others the strength over, finder. Right? So yeah.
1: that's one of my strengths or maximizer or positivity or whatever it is. Can I show that what I have done in winning others over, whether it's through you know sales or a particular strategy or something that I'm trying an initiative I'm trying to um, you know win whether it's at school or within like my my startup or what have you that I can bring people in. I can hear what others people's needs are and I can you know tailor my service or my offering to really come alongside what it is that they're trying to accomplish, and how does that align with how do we inspire hope, right? If somebody is trying to be inspired about the future and be inspired about you know getting to the next level, how does my communication skills or my woo skills align with that? So that's a very kind of basic entry point where it says, what are you already good at? And how can what you're good at connect with what we're trying to do in the communities that we're in right we're trying to inspire hope we're trying to inspire health we're trying to inspire wholeness you can do that a myriad of different ways right right but you just mm-hmm. have to be clear about what way you contribute to that and then we can start from there
0: do you make your candidates articulate that i mean are you are you saying how do you so you just ask that question is that the question that you ask or you discover with them or are you having this interview and then you go back to your Cube and you say, ah, I see the way that this works with, you know, the mission. What? How does that? No, I ask. We ask them. We ask okay. them straight
1: up. Um, I'll ask. I mean, there's a question that I ask on my podcast and to folks that I meet. What are you famous for? Right. That is just a quick way to say what is it that you're good at. What is your people call it? What is your superpower? All right. And then we'll state our mission. Right. And all right. How does what you're good at align? With what it is that we're trying to do. If you're obviously interested in joining us, right, this is what we're standing for. How does what you do align with that? And we hear it. And sometimes they stumble through it and we'll have probing questions to yeah. kind of steer them to where it is that we're trying to go. But that initial thought exercise is what we're trying to do. Like it. I like it.
0: Yeah. Good. Okay. So, one of the things that I like to ask my guests are, um, stories of wins or fails, of culture wins or fails. So tell me a time that you introduced or th- or thought of something um, that you wanted to do to affect or influence the culture, um, and it it was a total runaway hit, and this is what you've learned from it, or complete you know, fish on fish fell on the floor, type type failure. and this is and and the and then you also have a learning from that, right? because failures are learning opportunities, right? So absolutely. tell me, tell me what you tell me what you got. I'm gonna tell you about an epic failure I love um, it.
1: yes <laughs> that also goes to. Um, a point that I talk about when folks are thinking about culture, when you think about derailers, right? If you're really excited about something and you're starting this initiative, sometimes you don't think about the derailers that can throw you off. And this was an example of one that happened. And so I was relatively new in this role, this uh, leadership residency, leadership role, um, and I wanted to build our brand. like I want you know to, to, to get it out there and I wanted to start a podcast. Like the the organization already had a podcast um and i was like no but we don't want to do that like we want something fresh and new and cool and you want to build the brand
0: of the leadership residency program the
1: residency program but tie it into kind of overall um recruiting and culture and all that stuff and so um so that was the idea and so i wrote out like an episode one i found a co-host i Contacted the communication department, like I got video set up, we got the stage and all that stuff. It was like, we're gonna shoot this pilot episode. And, and so we're, we're we're going. I got so like, <laughs> and and we're going. Like this is gonna be great for the brand. It's gonna be great for the company. And da. And I think we had recorded the first episode, and maybe a couple weeks later or something, I got an email from the, the boss of my boss, so the executive um and um they're like like who green lit this like what's this podcast that i'm hearing about um was this approved through there were there were the long sort of the story the short of the end of the story is there are a lot of approval processes that i completely skipped and blew out of the water um <laughs> it was conflicting with what we already had by way of branding and communication and yeah. color scheme and visual yeah. and all that stuff and um, They were like, yeah, we're going to have to uh, put a pause. Let's go ahead and put a (laughs) pin um, in in this situation and find another way to do it, which was just saying, nah, bro, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice (laughs) way. I was saying, nah, you need to pump your brakes. And it was very humbling um, because, you know, there's a lot of excitement and engagement around this. And what I found, what I learned from that is that one of my derailers is um, bureaucracy, right? When there's like a lot of levels and a lot of layers to get things through, like it completely knocks the wind out of my engagement and energy and wanting to even do anything. And so that was a a headbutt of saying like, oh my goodness, there is this that exists here. Not saying that it's bad. Some organizations exist well with these layers. And Mm -hmm. what I learned was that If I can see that as a potential derailer or roadblock or what have you, how can I start preparing for that? Right. If I know that this person needs to have eyeballs on this, and then this person needs to like, how do I start creating the relationships? How do I start doing that early? How do I kind of reverse engineer? So by the time it gets there, you flatten those, you know, flatten those levels and it makes it easier to get through. So anything that I want to do now, like. We're, we're, we 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 worked 3 months 6 months in advance finding the right people and all those things and it's much smoother sailing but that was a uh, very humbling <laughs> humbling moment for me
0: uh yeah so it's uh act first and apologize later or something like that didn't quite work right not so now, much did, did you know was this um did you know that 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 approval that process that bureaucracy was there and you just were so excited you forgot or ignored, or you just didn't even realize that ha- that was something that you had to do, like that that was a, that was.
1: I didn't, um, I think I knew that it existed, but I thought that the, the content was so good or <laughs> yes, it yes. was so like, it was right. like, how could you say no? How could you delay? something like this this is just pure awesomeness yes the red tape let's it does not apply
0: through. to me says tim <laughs> yeah so
1: there's a level of pride in there a level uh-huh. of naivety
0: uh-huh. um,
1: and uh got humbled real quick
0: oh that it sounds very familiar it sounds yeah. very very familiar I love that. um Tell me a little bit about why you have a full-time job and also you have a, a side hustle, and what that what is that side hustle?
1: Ah, uh, so it's interesting. the side hustle, Mr. Meaningful work, actually came about when I got this new job. Um, so they happened at the same time. and the 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 reason it happened is because when I moved up to Sacramento area from Southern California for this new role, I know my natural bend is that any new move or new something, I always look for something else, like an additional hustle or outreach, like something. Hmm. Um, But I've been doing that so much in the past and I've been seeing a trend of it, um, you know, affecting finances and relationships and all these different things. And so I just kind of made that decision that, I know I'm in this new area. I know what I'm going to want to do. Why is it that I'm always looking for something additional, even if I have something stable? Um, What is it that I'm not finding meaningful about the stable thing? Or what is it that I'm looking for in these other things? And so it was that question that sparked up and said, you know what? I'm just going to make the discovery of that, like answering that question, that's going to be the side hustle. Like that's going to be the thing. What is meaningful work? for me, mm-hmm. um, what does that mean? And I'm just gonna take on the, the the moniker of Mr. Meaningful Work from an accountability standpoint. So anyone that sees me or asks about it, I'm gonna be forced to articulate what I'm finding meaningful or what I'm learning. Um, so that's how that came about. So as I'm plugging away, creating programs and recruiting and all that stuff for the uh, residency program, Um, I'm also just vlogging myself every week saying, Hey, what did I find? And it's funny that you have the, you know, great Mondays because my content was called meaningful Mondays um, (laughs) where I would just say, what did I find meaningful in the week before? Uh And I started asking my friends or influencers or leaders, Hey, what do you find meaningful? That turned into a podcast. After we interviewed a bunch of different people and my own personal research, we started to find themes around meaningful work and we codified those themes. I think I've shared this with you before. Um, we have like the four Ps of, of meaningful work and then we transition that during the um, post-COVID and the great resignation. Um, we transition the four Ps of meaningful work into deeper um, using those meaningful work principles to create teams that are inspired to stay. Um, and that's kind of the stage that we're at right now where meaningful work is being taught and trained and keynoted and, um, coached or whatnot. Um, so folks can, uh, can align and make it real, make it real for themselves.
0: All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap up. I want to hear your, I want to hear, uh, and I think the, I think our listeners would love to hear about deeper and what, what it is, because I think it's, it's a really compelling model and you've done all the hard work and the research, so we need to get it out there, so that we don't have to replicate that. So, yep. give us the give us the uh, the overview. Tell us about the theme and what you yep. what you saw. How do you help people stay feel can more connected? Absolutely, people. yeah. So, Keeper, so K E
1: E P R Keeper is the framework. Keeper. Um, As a leader, I want to be a keeper. Like I want my folks to see me as like, yeah, that's a keeper. That's somebody I want to stay with. Um, As an employee, I also want to be a keeper. I want my leader or my organization to look at me and be like, yes, that's a keeper. That's somebody that we want to have stay and stick around. And so this framework is, again, helping leaders create teams that are inspired to stay. Not motivated, because motivated is a lot of external um, extrinsic factor where inspiration comes from inside and that's more sustainable. So we're trying to create teams that are inspired to stay. So the keeper framework really quickly, K is know yourself. I always start with strengths, right? What are those things that ground you? What are your own values? What are your own strengths? What are your own energy creators? Um, And there's a whole assessment and activities and, and research and stats and all that stuff about the benefits of just knowing. We haven't done anything with it yet, just knowing what those strengths are. Then the next E is engage, all right? So you go from knowing your strengths to engaging your strengths. How do we craft activities and work and projects and engagements that actually put those strengths to use most of the time? It's not very often that you're gonna be able to do all your strengths all the time, like that is utopia. If we ever get there, let me know, sign me up, put me on that train. Exactly. But until then, we're trying to get it to be a larger percentage um, of what you're doing. And there's a swath of research around that. And there's activities around engaging your strengths. Um, You can have the conversation with your leaders, with your peers about what those activities could look like. Um, And then the next E is enlist, right? This journey to meaningfulness, this journey to culture, this journey to success is not a one-person journey, right? This is you have to bring people along mm. and create cultures of trust. Yeah. Um, and So how do you show up as trustworthy? How do you recognize trustworthy traits in other people so that you can connect and enlist folks to help get you to that space? So you got know yourself, engage, enlist, and then the P is prioritize, right? We live in a world, we live in a society where we like to make that word plural, right? Priorities. (laughs) It it was not originated that way. I'm going to
0: use that. That's good. I I got (laughs) it. I totally get it. I feel you. Yeah. It is one
1: thing. It is one thing. And so how do you, and so it's a figuring out the one thing that you can just relentlessly focus on, but also how do you create boundaries, right? How do you say no to different things? Because for folks Mm -hmm. that are you know, customer loving or client loving. Like we try to say yes as often as possible, um, but sometimes it's very good to be able to say yeah. no and create clear lines yeah. Of, yeah. of what you want to focus on. So P yeah. teaches about priority. And then finally, R is rank up, which is how do you upskill? How do you not stay at the same level? How do you pursue excellence um, and continue to get better in that craft so that you're you're always growing? Because if you're not growing, essentially you're dying, right? So how do you continue to grow? So we teach individuals how to understand this framework for themselves, leaders, how to create environments that support these things. And we have seen that it really, really helps in driving culture. It helps in driving diversity and inclusion. Um, It helps in engagement, um, um, employee engagement. So there's so many benefits um, that we have seen um, of this keeper Keeper framework.
0: Yeah, I love that. the The last one that rank up is really great because there's so much, so much research that is revealing that one of the major inspirations, one of the reasons people stay is or leave is yeah. because they do or do not have the opportunity to learn and grow and to grow exactly. And so, if you can establish that that scenario, and you can help others, if you can live it yourself and then help others. Um, I can easily, I, I can easily see how that that Keeper framework is yeah. can be so so powerful. Yeah. Tim, Mister Meaningful Work Alare, thank you so much for coming on Great Mondays Radio. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about Keeper or the amazing work that you do? The party is
1: always live on LinkedIn, so anytime you want to connect, that is. I sometimes embarrassly, embarrassingly respond faster on linkedin to like my email <laughs> um so there's that so linkedin just tim you can search mr meaningful work and i have content on there um on i have a website so mr Meaningfulwork.com. and so you can go there we have previous episodes of the of the podcast if you want to book me for something mr Meaningfulwork.com is where you can find it and then there's fun stuff on instagram um, and Twitter, uh, Mr. Meaningful Work, uh, the same all thing.
0: All right. Mr. Meaningful Work all over the social web. Thank yes. you, Tim. It has been a real pleasure.
1: Josh, thank you so much for having me. This has been one of the best meetings, conversations of my day. I appreciate you for adding value <laughs> to my life in that way, man. <laughs>
0: right on. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate
1: it. You're sure.
0: Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to greatmondays.com radio. We'd love to hear from you. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcast's app or podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. People, If you want to make sure to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio, and I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at a.k.a. Josh Levine on YouTube at Great Mondays, and you can always email me josh at com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations, or grab a copy of our book at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.